Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. Okay, we are here with the Doris and Boyd Peterson. Is it Peterson with an O-N or an E-N? Oh, no, it's E-N. E-N. I, I was afraid, like, that's like we're fighting words if you get that but wrong. But, you know, right? that's a story in and of itself. <laughs> when my grandfather, when my great-grandfather uh, came from Denmark, yeah, she courted a girl across the plains, and then when they got down to Ephraim, they want to get married, so they had to go up to the endowment house. And so when they got to the endowment house, you know, the Danish people are patriotic, Mm -hmm. patriarchal. Mm -hmm. So if Steve has a son, then that's his name, Stevenson. Or Peter, if Peter has a son, then you're Peterson. But then the next generation, if he has a son, you know. And so... That and, comes out in the family history. I, Lois is always talking about I yeah, should have known that. Yeah, it yeah. is. And anyway, when they went to the endowment house with the genealogy and, and uh, uh, Tom, uh, uh, when he was president of the, of the church, he says, you Danish people, I understand what you go through. He says, <laughs> it's a mess. So when they went to the endowment house, they said, okay, your name is Peterson. Hmm. And so they went back and had their kids and stuff, and uh, they spelled it with an O-N, but mm-hmm. they came from Denmark. Mm-hmm. And my dad, to tell you what kind of a guy he was, he said, I am not going to go through school being known as a big Swede. Mm. And so he's the only one of his family. He changed his name to Ian. Mm. There you go. <laughs> Now you and have he it. was he was six foot five. So that's where you got your height. And yeah, I got my height there. He was taller than I was though. But uh, anyway, he was a tough he was uh. a tough guy. So, boy, where are you from originally? I was born in uh, in Salina, Utah. Salina. Yeah, we lived in Redmond, okay. which is three miles this way. All right. And there's quite a story to go with that. Uh, uh, my father, four months before I was uh, to be born, was up in the mountains cutting wood for the winter. Mm-hmm. And he had a terrible accident up there and should have died, blood to death. He cut his foot off. And they ran the horse and wagon down. They gave him a blessing there and went over to slide to the hospital. And two little country doctors spent all night sewing him back together. And uh, the foot lived. Hmm. He didn't have any feeling in it, but it lived. But then when he got home, he got rheumatic fever. And in those days, there was no medicine or anything for this kind of stuff. And so if your immune system could survive, you'd survive. Right. So that happened in December, and I was born in April, and my mother had him at home 
nursing him along. And by the time I was born, he could barely sit up in bed. Hmm. And the only thing he could do between then was blink his eyelashes. And my mother talked him into living. And through blessings, he was bishop of the ward mm -hmm. there in Redmond. They didn't dare release him for fear he'd die. <laughs> so did you go to high school down there? Oh, no. Uh, we lost everything. Okay. Uh, we lost everything, and then we moved to Fillmore, where my mother's from. Okay. And uh, they paid off their debts. They didn't take out bankruptcy. And it was a junior, I was a junior in high school when they paid their last debt off. There you go. Yeah. He was a, he was a tough guy. Good so guy. which high school would you have gone Millard to? Millard High School. So Millard, you're an eagle. Oh, how do you know that? Millard Eagle. Yeah. A Millard Eagle. Yeah, you're an eagle. How do you know that? Well, some things you got to know. Oh, these I young, see. the younger generations got to stay up with you. Where are you? Where are you from? I went to East High School. I was yeah here in Salt Lake, Did but you? I, I'm very familiar with the small towns because oh, a lot of family, Canab, okay. and uh, so that you know they play each other. So you learn all the <laughs> the small the small town life was really what I wanted. But I see. Okay. I grew up in the anyway. City. Sorry to take so long, but anyway, that was a pretty. Uh, interesting time of my life, being born into a home that my father had yeah. been near death for four yeah, months. Bet. Four I months, bet. just couldn't move or do yeah. anything. So, Doris, where are you from? I was born in Colorado Springs. Oh, Colorado! But uh, <clears throat> I lived in the Rocky Mountains, right up by. Uh, next to Pikes Peak. Yep, where they there's the Broadmoor deal there. I've been and seen. Well, it's I beautiful lived in territory. A gold mining town. Okay. My dad, uh, it was the Depression, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so he was a gold miner. Okay. Then we, <clears throat> his health broke, and so we had to move to a lower climate, and we moved to Cal California, and that's where I went through my teenage. Okay. What part of California? Southern. Okay. But we moved. They really have struggled financially. They just, they couldn't seem to get ahead. He, he didn't have an education. My mother didn't have an education. They, they yeah. didn't even grade, go through grade school. Yeah. You know, they worked on the farm in those days. <clears throat> but anyway, he, uh, we moved every year. Sometimes two or three times, mm. just trying to Employment. find a better job. Yeah, trying to get ahead. Yeah. So it was uh, my growing up years were not yeah. very happy because we. You didn't have much. I didn't. I didn't have much, and I didn't couldn't get friends. You know, you mm -hmm. get because you're moving. Kid and moving into a school and. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a little difficult. So where'd you meet Boyd? Um, Boyd came into my life. I, uh, well, let me back up a little bit before that. We didn't, I was in a home where it was very dysfunctional for different reasons. Um, no Bible, no, no religion, no prayer. Um, difficulty between parents. Um... I had a younger brother, 
that was five years younger. So we didn't ever go to the same school. We didn't have anything in common. <clears throat> so um, I, I stumbled, I went to different churches on my own because looking for a friend, uh -huh. they treated me nice and that's what I was looking for was, uh -huh. was a friend. But I stumbled onto the Mormon church and it was like a puzzle being put together. Everything just made sense. It fit. How old were you when you stumbled there? Eighteen. Eighteen. Mm -hmm. And uh, from that, I decided to join the church and came to Utah knowing only one person that I'd met once. And he would happen to be a professor at Weaver College. And he told my parents that he would take care of me and get me enrolled in Weaver State. And they were going on a nursing program, which is what I wanted to go into. So I went there, but they didn't. I graduated there for a two-year college, but they didn't go through with the nursing because uh, they didn't have enough students enrolled. Okay. So I went ahead and went to the Thomas D. Memorial Hospital in Ogden which is no longer there. <clears throat> and after a year and a half, I thought, you know, I've had my college, but I'm not getting any credit for it. So I decided to go to the U. And that's where my life began, really. I went to the U. I found my home with friends in the dorm. And... Uh, Got my, uh, graduated from the U and graduated from uh, Nurses College, or LDS Hospital, Nursing. And <clears throat> at that time they were building a new dormitory for the nurses and so they, we were living in the Eagle Gate Hotel. Motel. Mm -hmm. They remodeled it and made it so that there were places for the nurses. And we had free passes on the bus. So one evening the girls and I decided that we'd go up to the U to their dance. It was a Lambadale to Sigma dance. Yeah. Okay. Good fraternity. So we took the bus up and that is where I met Boyd. <laughs> I saw her come in there and I said... You were cutting her rug on the dance I, Yeah. <laughs> I saw her come in there and I said, man... <laughs> I gotta have a dance with that girl. So give me the give me your 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 line. You walk up and you're gonna hear this. What how'd you how'd you get her to dance with? Well, you? I asked her to dance with me. Yeah, and that was it. And uh, uh, not really. <laughs> and then I took she and all her girls home <clears throat> after the dance and made a date with her the next week. And but he had been playing basketball. And somebody elbowed him in the mouth and killed his two front teeth. These two teeth were gone. And so when he, our first date, he came with no two front teeth. <laughs> and you still, right? Wrong. Hey. <laughs> Confident. Absolutely. <laughs> but then, uh, see, I was, the Korean War was on, see, and... I graduated from college a week after we married. I mean, we met. And uh, my uncle was the chairman of the draft board down there, and he says, you're not getting any help from me. 
the day you graduate from college, you're gone. You're gone. And so I had to report to Fort Ord August 19th. So I had to court this girl between June when we met and August. I gave her a ring on my way to Fort Ord. And uh, then we were married after I got through his basic training. Hmm. But uh, I, I had seen him from August till the night before our wedding. Wow. She sent my ring back. Mm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you had to reclose the deal? Well, when she called me at Christmas time, I accepted her proposal. <laughs> <laughs> and why would she refuse? I was drafted. I was making $79 a month. Yeah. And I was dating uh, the radiologist at the hospital <laughs> and a, a couple of med students that, you know, looked like a pretty good future. This and guy she, with no teeth come into my life. <laughs> she married a guy making seventy nine dollars a month. Yeah. Promise me, yeah. that boy. Promise me. I sent his ring back, and I dated the the guys that I had thought were so wonderful, and I decided they really weren't as wonderful as I thought they were. And here I was, eight hundred miles away, and I won. What do you think of that? <laughs> Strong boy. <laughs> But then she graduated. I mean, I went. I went to. We married uh, December thirtieth, sixty-nine years ago. Yeah, sixty-nine years ago, and uh, then we were married ten days, and then I left for Germany. Hmm. I'd taken Russian in college instead of me going to Korea. I went to Germany as a Russian interpreter, and that was a blessing in my life. Hmm. And when she graduated in November, then she came over. And we lived there for the second year nice. of marriage. Yeah. Fantastic. So we've been together 69 years. How many kids? Four. Four kids. How many grandkids? Well, we had five. We lost one when he was a baby. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had a great life. It's Grand, been a, Grandkids? How many grandkids? 16 grandkids and 21, 21 great-grandchildren. So you're... When you get everybody together, it's a good group. Yeah, yeah we're near 50, yeah. You're going to need a bigger pool. Nothing like Tom, but... Uh, yeah. Tom's pushing 100, but... You're not going to try to challenge him. <laughs> 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 no, when we're all here, the pool's full, yeah. The, the pool's full. Yeah. yeah. And this That's... is kind of a gathering place for her. So tell us a little bit about your, uh, Boyd, your conversion to the church. Were you... When did you get baptized? Um and a little bit about your conversion story. Well, I've been asked uh, when I got a testimony of the gospel, and I think I was born with a testimony because they say that uh, the baby, before it's born, can recognize its mother's voice because they've heard them talk and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And in the four months, before I was born, there was more prayers and blessings, and my mother talked him into <laughs> hanging in there. Your temperature's calm down just a little bit. Hang in there. We're going to make it. And uh, 
Uh, so I think I was really born with a testimony because I witnessed answer to prayers and blessings. And so I've been had a testimony of the truth of the church and the blessings and prayers and so forth all my life. That's fantastic. And Doris, you were 18 when you joined the church. And uh, what, what, what was it about the church that you just felt like you needed to join? Oh, what was it? <clears throat> I guess, well, number, number one, I needed, I needed the support of friends. I really did. I was searching for friends. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I dated a boy who was not active. He came from an inactive family. Mm -hmm. But we were in high school still when we started dating. And um, he could take me to, he took me to church because he didn't have to pay anything, mm -hmm. you know. Cheap date. High school boy doesn't make any money. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I got a taste of it there. The longer that we went, the more I heard, the more I liked. And I just knew in my heart that it was true. I didn't know anything about the Book of Mormon. I didn't know anything about the, the church's beliefs. Mm -hmm. I just felt this, the spirit. Yeah. And that's, I was baptized in a swimming pool alone with, in uh, North Hollywood. Hmm. And uh, never had a bishop's interview, never had any wow. instruction. <laughs> wow. So I started from scratch <laughs> learning about the gospel, and I, I love it. I love it. So, it's, Boyd, what is it that motivates you to live the law of the gospel? What motivates you to do it? Well, the lifestyle we have here in the church, I don't know how other people outside the church rears their family and uh, staying close to your Heavenly Father. And, and I've had so many experiences in my life where my life has actually been saved. Uh, Can you think of any off the top of your head? Yeah, uh, one that has, she saved my life. We just got this brand new boat and we went down to Lake Powell with some friends of ours. And uh, this buddy of mine and I were gonna both be pulled up by, by her driving the boat skiing. Mm -hmm. And the wind was blowing. Knew nothing about the boat. <laughs> And uh, so anyway, the boat, the wind kept taking the boat over, and I says, "You got to crank it right, and then give her full power." And uh, unbeknownst to us, not being very boat worthy, the back of the boat was coming right here, and I had sucked under the water, and the propeller of the mm -hmm. boat was it stopped right there. Wow. The propeller stopped right there. Wow. And uh, we had had prayer that morning. Yeah. And prayed that we'd be taken care of. And that's just one instance. But anyway. 
you bring up prayer uh how much has prayer been uh in your marriage speak to the power of prayer and how much how important it is to 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 the peterson family <laughs> well Doesn't our family like as, our, many. as our family gets bigger our prayers get longer yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, we are a true believer in prayer blessings and our our lives have been altered dramatically through prayer and living the gospel. It's been a wonderful thing. That's awesome. Tom, you have any questions? Well, one of my memories, uh, shortly after we moved into the ward, in a sacrament meeting, Doris may not remember this, but she stood up. by you probably in the bishop She was telling me, telling us all how much she loved her husband, and she called you a diamond in the rough. <laughs> it's because he had no teeth. <laughs> and I think when we moved in, Marty may have been in Japan on his mission. I don't know. It was when we moved in or shortly thereafter. Was Marty uh, like Dave Paul's age, or was he a little yeah, he was a year younger than Dave Paul. Because I know Woody Halliday was on a mission. Yeah, yeah. Marty, is he your youngest? He was younger than, a year younger than Dave Paul. Yeah, but was he your youngest? No, Paul. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. Paul then we've got Paul. Youngest. He's yeah. eight years younger than Marty. That's right, Paul. Yeah, I forgot about Paul. Yeah. And I remember Boyd played basketball, and he was really a good basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, had a great time. Come join us on Thursday nights. We can still shoot some. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're past that. time, <laughs> too. But uh, Doris has had some wonderful church experiences. I've been in high councils and Elder Scarm presence and high priests and uh, all this and mission presence and so forth and uh, and then I was bishop of the fourth ward here uh, I in from 92 I got called in 92 too but Doris uh, she's had a lot of experiences there she was in what's three stake relief society presidencies and she was on the Church Correlation Council for nine years. Oh, wow. Called by the prophet of the church. Wow. Wow. So, Doris, in, in you know, what, what did all that, those serving assignments, those, those, those uh, callings teach you? What did you learn from those? Anything come to mind? They are great because it helps you develop. Yeah. It helps you, and it, your testimony grows with each one, and uh, I've, I've <clears throat> explained where I came from in my background. I really had no religion as sure. far as intellectually. Uh, I just knew that I I wanted Christ in my life. That's about it. When I when I was a member of the church for the first time, 
I'm pretty sure that's all required is just a willingness. <laughs> well, for some callings, I needed a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I <clears throat> threw all of these. Uh, I was in the mutual presidency and uh, out with Al Spiner, and we just developed the lifelong love for each other because we worked together so well, and she, she got so that she was really a leader. And she would say, well, I'll accept that if you'll let Doris Peterson be my counselor. <laughs> so, I love it. So we went, you know, through different channels with that. And then <laughs> but, she was state president, uh, young women's president yeah, also. I, I was called for that to that. And unfortunately, um, at that time, the general presidency of the of the mutual decided that we don't need counselors. Oh wow! We were at that time eleven wards, hmm. and so I I had that calling, and then shortly after that, I was also given the responsibility of camp director at Beehive Camp because it was being run like a. Hmm like a prison camp sure. and the girls didn't want to go they weren't having any fun and so they told me your job is to get that going so the kids want to go replace that leader oh, that's fun so I had seven stake presidents that I worked with was that wow at the same time as I was the stake young women so I with no counselors all on you all on me. Wow. So I had that <clears throat> that responsibility <clears throat> for how many years was it? I, a long time. It was it was a long time, and I <laughs> developed uh, chronic fatigue mm. because it was just too heavy a load. Yeah. But anyway, from that, then I. Um, I was called one day on a telephone, and you've heard of this. A lady on the other end of the phone said, is this Doris Martin Peterson? Yes. Well, Elder Neil Maxwell wondered if you'd be able to meet with him tomorrow. <laughs> what do you say to that? Well, you don't say no. <laughs> <laughs> You don't say no, but I hung up the phone and I was absolutely shocked. I I thought I must have done something wrong. You know, uh -huh. that's the only thing I could think of. Anyway, I met with him. I was called to the correlation committee with uh, three three. Uh, men from BYU who had grown up in the church, mm -hmm. who had been on missions, who had graduated from BYU in theology. Mm. Sounds a little intimidating for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think they wanted a cross-section of the church, mm -hmm. and she was the ordinary, common ordinary person. They didn't tell me person. that, though. They just she was the common sense. <laughs> And the other members were <laughs> the uh, editor of the New Era. Another one was the daughter of a general authority, and me. 
And I went home from that first meeting absolutely in shock. Yeah. She'd bring home stacks of paper to read for the next meeting. That And the, the, the correlation committee, of course, I don't know, I guess you probably know about, about it. it. You read everything that goes out from the church to the mission presidents, to the state mm -hmm. presidents, to, to everybody. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure Conference that nothing talks. goes out that shouldn't go out. Yeah, just protecting I the church. I was no yeah. more prepared for that. <laughs> I, I was no more prepared for that calling, and I thought, who in their right mind would call me? And that lasted that? nine years. Nine years. Well, I thought, I asked how I could be released, and I was told you have to go before the 12 apostles to be released. <laughs> Wow. I wasn't going to do that. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll just do the best I can, and they'll see that I'm not, not right for this calling, and they'll release me. Well, nine years, nine years later, later they, they disbanded everybody at yeah. the same time and put it under the control. But let me tell you, it was a That's wonderful experience. Right? It was a, it was a great experience. I love that you shared that, Doris. Yeah. Yeah, what an amazing deal. Well, Boyd and I had offices next to each other when he was a bishop in the fourth ward. I was a bishop in the singles ward. Yeah. And so we'd have a few conversations about <laughs> the hall as well. Yeah. In between appointments. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we had a good time. And then after uh, I was released as bishop, then we went on a mission, you know, to Hawaii. Oh, you went to Hawaii? Yeah. So that would have been what year? In 1998. Okay, 98. You had uh, Honolulu. No. 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 We were we were on uh, the Big oh, Island. Okay. We were proselyting missionaries. Awesome. See, I'd missed going on a mission in my youth, mm -hmm. and so you need we to, wanted to you need to get out that in the itch. field. Yeah. We were out the door every day at eight o'clock, and we were teaching, preaching, baptizing. Love it. It was great. It was great. But I want to go back before we leave my calling and tell you that I, I ask everybody that I thought might have had some influence in getting me called. Yeah. And uh, couldn't find anybody. Couldn't find the culprit? No, I couldn't. But I've come to the conclusion that the reason I was called wasn't for what I could give, but it was for what I would learn. It was teaching. Yeah. Well, Heavenly Father needed you there, Doris. <laughs> well, it had to come from you. I can't imagine anybody yeah. in their right mind calling me. They, <laughs> normally. Makes perfectly good sense to me. I think we've all felt that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it makes perfectly good sense to me. I love that story. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of power in this ward, and uh, the Petersons are right there with at the top of it. Well, I'll tell you, uh, looking back over our life and our life together of 69 years, you know, that's quite a while. That's a long time. And uh, how many arguments? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> no, we get along pretty good. Uh, 
but uh, it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful experience, and we can't figure out why we're still here. I mean, all of our friends are gone. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. And, There's certainly reasons. And we know who we we, we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk, mm-hmm. communicate. Mm-hmm. We're not in some home somewhere, and and so we've truly been... Surely been blessed. Well, I will tell you from a, my perspective, walking into church uh, on Sunday, seeing you guys back in your spot, greeting everybody with a smile and a handshake and a, hey, come here and sit down. You know, that might be one of the reasons because that is a special, special time. That's a, a special comment. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it just, everything seems better now that, uh, you know, we're back. There. Isn't it good to be back? Yeah. Seeing everybody. Yeah. I don't know what we ought to do with those Chinese, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we don't like the pandemic anymore. Yeah, Let's we won't done get into that. that. So anyway. let me ask you just the last question here, and we'll wrap this up. Um, you know, a hundred years from here, from now, and you know, your posterity, somebody that you don't even know right now, is listening to this podcast. Um, what would you, what advice would you give them? What do you want them to know about you, Boyd? Okay. And I'm going to have you answer the same thing. Go over and get that, uh, I'll get it. See, we've had a long time to think about this. This one here? Yeah. Yeah, bring that over. Okay. I mean, we gave this. We gave this to uh, our family last Christmas. Last Christmas. Okay. Because, you know, when you get to be our age, you know, it could happen. Yeah, you don't know. You know, anytime. This is something I wrote uh, here a few years ago when a very close friend of mine passed away. And I called it Thoughts by Boyd Peterson. A voice was still today. Never more in life to say I love you. Great job. Way to go. I am so proud and happy to say that you are ours. Never more to encourage, guide, and lend a helping hand and all the other things that husbands and fathers do. It's really kind of scary when wake-up calls come like this and to realize that one day this voice will also be silent. It will be very hard for me to know that all the things that I have said cannot be added to, and all the things that I have ever done cannot show any increase. It will be very hard because I have done my very best to be there for you, my beloved family, the crown jewels of my life. But this is a great plan of life, and just as it should be, to allow each of us to grow as we move along the path of life. Doors will open, doors will close. Forks in the road will appear, so choices must be made. Sometimes the paths will turn rough and difficult to travel. These times should not be feared, nor should they be a surprise. Recognize these as the refiner's fire that purifies and allows us to grow, mature, and develop. Some have asked, how can we repay all the things that our parents have done for us? The answer is that you cannot but you can carry on and be the very best that you can be to your own family, 
be an example to all those around you and continue to build the kingdom here on earth. May the good Lord bless and keep you. Our prayer and blessing for you. The very best to you and yours. Enjoy the journey. With love, Mom and Dad. I love it. That's what I'd say. That's perfect. Doris, anything that you would add or say different? I think uh, that really covers most of it. Yeah. I do have in this closet, though, that I will show you a history of our family. Mm-hmm. And I spent this winter recording it, and my oldest son is putting it on uh, thumb drives. Awesome. So that each of the children... It's been documented. There's about 30 books of history of our family's life. Love it. And my journals. Priceless. Everything. And it, it isn't, they're, they're not scrap, they're scrapbooks in that there are pictures and so forth, but there are also messages that it's, I've kept little notes that the kids when they were little wrote me, little love notes and, and appreciation notes mm. that the kids have said that I've kept. Just priceless. And they read them and they say, Mom, this is a treasure. Why, why did you keep it? And mm. I just, I'm a hoarder, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Worked out good. Anyway, it's, they're all in a book, and they'll have it on a thumb drive. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a pure, just a treat uh, to listen just to a small, small part of this, just kind of tease. But it sounds like there's going to be a lot more additions to share <laughs> with uh, with your your family history being recorded. So, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for coming over. <laughs> <laughs>